I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Speed Soldiers on Justice for Young Dolph. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Hip-hop artist Young Dolph was at a unique place in his music career and his personal life when he was gunned down on November 17th, 2021 in Memphis. Less than two months later, two men were indicted on murder charges. A third man has been charged as an accomplice. And the Memphis police chief says there may be more arrests in the weeks and months ahead. The U.S. Marshals say they logged hundreds of hours in tracking down the two main suspects who were on the run across the South and the Southwest. Law enforcement officials say they received over 500 tips about their involvement and also the locations that these two main suspects were at. The streets were definitely talking this time around. But what will it take to see real justice for young Dolph? That's what we're going to find out from our panel. Joining me for this conversation, Rick Wolfpack. He's a hip hop artist with Wolfpack Entertainment and Paper Root Empire. That was Dolph's record label. Rick, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Lisa. We really appreciate it. Also with us is Chuck Creekmer. He's the co-founder and CEO of allhiphop.com. And he interviewed young Dolph about two months before he passed. Chuck, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. We really appreciate it. Also joining us is Dr. Darren Porcher. He's a former NYPD Lieutenant and a, a law enforcement commentator. Darren, thank you so much for being with us. It's always a pleasure, Lisa. Thanks for having me on. We appreciate it. Chuck, I want to start with you on this because uh, the hip hop world knew Young Dolph very, very well. But give us a sense for our general audience, too. Where was he at in his life and his career? You know, from from my conversation with him, Dolph was ready to take over. You know, we had a pretty, pretty good conversation and he was definitely eyeing the old dynasties like Cash Money, No Limit, Death Row and he was looking to create that feeling in hip hop again. And I really appreciated the fact that he strove to be a billionaire, but more importantly, he said he wanted to create millionaires in his team and his squad. And I found that amazing to me, you know? So when he passed, a lot of people were calling him the down South Nipsey. And I think that sort of oversimplifies it, but, but it does give you a, a, an idea of how well he was respected and how well people loved him and really generally what they thought of him. So he had numerous business pursuits. As you can see, he died supporting a black owned business and he really looked out for his team. He wasn't an industry dude at all. So you never saw him schmoozing up with industry people or at different events. He was his own man, and he was really from the community that he unfortunately died in. And for the community, Brick, first of all, my condolences to you because you worked closely with him. You were a close Thank friend you. of his. And um, this, this was such a tragedy, especially the time that it came at. Tell us, tell us how you're feeling now, first of all. I mean, we're forever going to be heartbroken. It's one of them things, you know, they took a brother from us, you know, a father, you know, a role model. So at the end of the day, you know, his legacy is forever going to live on. But, you know, at this moment, of course, we're still grieving. The family's still grieving. The holidays weren't the same. Thanksgiving wasn't the same. You know, it's something that we're forever going to heal, you know, slowly from. But, you know, we still got to remember to just keep his legacy alive and keep pushing for him. You know, stay motivated and have that hungerness that he would want us to have right now because he would want us to be smiling. You know, if anything, that was a, the type of person he was through bad or good. He always told us, you know, just smile, bro. Just, just stay motivated, stay hungry. And what, so kind of an, 
what kind of an, I'm sorry, what kind of an effect did he have on your life on how he changed your life and maybe how you looked at, you know, what you wanted to do and are doing? Everything, every part, everything that I was doing, you know, it was one of them things where he really believed in us and it took somebody like him to see the vision, you know, what we were trying to put together and do it, you know, so it's, it, it's, 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 of course, you know, words couldn't explain how much we miss him and, you know, the things that he would do for the people, not only just me, because I couldn't just just say, you know, it was the it was a main focus. But the main thing, like like bro was just saying, like he wanted everybody to be on everybody to be their own boss, the whole team. So it's like he changed my life overnight. It was one of the things where I'm just, you know, a Mexican coming from the slums, you know, from the streets, didn't have nothing, you know, and. You know, I lost my father and stuff like that, too, you know, from gun violence and in the streets and things of that nature. So it's like, you know, seeing it happen, you know, until it happens, you will never believe. So it's like, you know, I just want to make sure that everybody gives people their roses and their flowers, no matter what it is they're doing right now in life while they're here, because you don't know how much you appreciate them until they're gone, you know. And and how much is there? Um, Darren, in terms of the investigation, We've done many Street Soldiers episodes where we talked about how long it's taken for anybody to be held responsible because of the code of silence on the streets. This case was solved in less, uh, apparently solved because they, they still have their have to have their day in court. But this was apparently solved a very fast arrest within two, you know, less than two months, hundreds and hundreds of tips. A lot of them obviously really real down to like where these guys were, what highway they were driving on what town they were near. What do you think of the investigation? I thought that this was a quintessential investigation because we clearly see how the pendulum is shifting in one direction to the other, whereas the seismic shift in connection with the death of a hip hop artist is very different than when we reflect on people like the death of Tupac Shakur, the death of the notorious big. Law enforcement didn't have or garner enough tips to allow them to move in the direction of taking these people into custody. But here, what's so interesting and significant about this particular case, one of the suspects in particular crossed numerous state lines and police, meaning the U.S. Marshals, were able to take him into custody because there was a reward that was introduced to the public and many people attached to it. So I'm hopeful that this can be the new trajectory in connection with the death of hip hop artists and the public in, um, engaging in that symbiotic relationship to ensure the tips go to law enforcement to capture these people that committed this horrific act. And I'm thankful that it happened in this, in this specific instance. All right, we're gonna take a short break when we come back. Uh, Young Dolph was a huge fi- figure in Memphis, not just on the music scene, but also in the community. We're gonna talk about what made him so unique when we come back. Hey, what up, y'all? This is Lloyd, the King of Hearts, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 9-7. You did. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about justice for young Dolph. Joining me for this conversation, Dr. Darren Porter. He's a former NYPD lieutenant and law enforcement commentator. Darren, great to have you with us. Thank you. Also joining us, Chuck Creekmore. He's the co-founder and CEO of allhiphop.com. He interviewed Young Dolph about two months um, before he passed away. Chuck, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Also with us is one of the artists that's on Young Dolph's uh, label. His name is Brick Wolfpack. He is a hip hop artist out of Memphis and other parts of the country too. We're going to find out about that. 
um, with Wolfpack Entertainment. He's with Paper Root Empire, that's Dolph's label, and uh, working on a tribute to him uh, right, right now. Brick, thank you so much for being with us. It's an honor, Lisa. We appreciate it. Brick, give us a sense of, um, did you do you live mainly in Memphis? Like, were you there in Memphis a lot, for a lot of the time with him? Or give us a sense of that. Uh, it's actually crazy because a lot of people think I'm from Memphis, but I was actually born and raised in Houston, Texas. So what what makes it so different is that um, I would come out there a lot, you know, to cast out and, and see the effect that he had on other people's lives. And man, they embraced him with open arms. They loved him because a lot of people don't know originally, you know, uh, Dolph is from Chicago. Right. You know, and then he moved out to Memphis. So it was one of them things, you know, what he did for the community. So you could feel it definitely when we were out there. It was this. Man, they they would roll out the red carpet every every time we were there. You know, I mean, we stood out like a needle in a haystack because it was like Dolph was the only one out there riding, you know, Lamborghinis and Corvettes, all of them wrapped camouflage. So it wasn't hard to spot him. He was one of the ones that, you know, he was smart, but he was real loud. It was like, you know, his jewelry, the way he carried himself, the way he treated other people. Man, it was major out there in Memphis. You know, they loved him just like every other city and state. I mean, we done been everywhere across the world and it's been the same way. They embrace us with open arms. What do you think it was about his personality that that made that love from the streets and from the community so real? Because we've seen videos of him. I posted a video of him, you know, speaking at a school, encouraging kids. A lot of artists, when they reach a certain level, you know, they, they may want to do that, but they may just be able to donate money or something like that and not actually give that that physical time, that real time. Yeah, it was it was like one of them things Chuck said, you know, he he kind of went down, you know, you know, like a like a Nipsey, you know, the streets, everybody seen. It. And he was actually real good friends with them, too. But the, the thing about that is the streets embraced him different because they knew he was from the streets. So it, it's different from somebody that that actually lived like that and came out, you know, from the streets and, and knew, you know, how it feel to grow up with nothing, how it feel to see other people struggling. So with him doing what he did for the community and just being the activist that he was, you know, it made everybody just want to be like him. So just seeing him move and how he act, he was this, he, he would around certain people, he would be real quiet, but it was like the type, he was the type of person that when he walked in the room, the whole room just lit up and everybody, Oh man, there's young Dolph. You know, you would hear people talking, there's Dolph, there's Dolph. And you know, he wasn't the type to ever let no fans down. If they wanted a picture with him, or a minute of their time, whatever it was, he would give everybody the time of day and treat them, you know, how he wanted to be treated. And that's how he kind of taught, you know, everybody in Paper Route Empire how to move and, you know, how to how to treat other people and things of that nature. So it was like, you know, we we all want to be like him to this day. You know, that's that's my role model. And it's going to stay like that, you know. And I look at other artists too. And, you know, I, I wonder, you know, you know, I see them doing stuff for the community, you know, so big shout out to them because I always... You know, I use my platforms for that as well to make sure to encourage other people to make sure they're giving back to their community and people in need and things like that. But it's like we need we need people like that, you know, because oh, absolutely. especially especially now. But Darren, let, let me come back. Let me come back to the investigation here, because this was when you look at the root and we talk about roots. They went from they went from allegedly the two suspects from from Memphis. They were all over the south. They were in Atlanta. They ended up getting being captured by the U.S. Marshals on a tip that they were on a road going to Terre Haute, Indiana, which is uh, not too far from Chicago. But what, what kind of coordination is happening behind the scenes to put those tips together so that they 
they can act on them and, you know, the law enforcement can act on them in real time. One of the greatest assets for law enforcement is the police and community relationship. Much of what's done in law enforcement is a byproduct of tips that are supplied by the public. So when you have people, when you constantly plaster an image of an individual that potentially committed an act or a, you know, violent crime, such as what happened to Young Dolph, it enables the public to see view through a lens of, okay, this is possibly the guy. And so when you coordinate these tips to law enforcement, more so specific to, to the U.S. Marshals in this particular case, you have to do some data mining. When I say data mining, a lot of tips come in and you need to triage to make the assessment as a, this is good and this is not. It takes hundreds of hours to do that. More so specific to when you have people from multi-states that are calling in with this right. information. Like they were all but over I, the place in two months. Like they were on the run constantly according to what the uh, what the police said right but once again this was a collaborative approach it wasn't just the u.s marshals they were local police and state police that conjoined in a union to ensure that these tips were drilled down to the appropriate location and they were able to make the assessment that they were on the road and i really give give credit to the law enforcement officers that had that relationship with the public to allow the public to introduce this information. Because in many cases, we've had a public that was unwilling to give tips to law enforcement because due to the mistrust of things that have happened in the past. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Chuck, what about that? Because what about that reaction? Was it, was it a combination like Young Dolph was so loved, people fed up with the gun violence? I mean, what do you think it was that that, that is moving this along so quickly and hopefully to the, you know, to a sense of justice. Yeah, I think it's a combination of, of a number, number of things. You know, obviously Dolph was loved. Um, I feel like the way he was murdered was, I mean, no murder is, is, is good, you know, murder is not cool, but the way he was killed was, I mean- It's not justifiable. Yeah, it's not justifiable for sure. I mean, it, it was just out of, it, it was crazy. Um, so I think the way it happened was crazy. I think that um, uh, I think that uh, in the in the aftermath of of so many deaths by the hands of police, I think there's been an intentional effort to have better relationship uh, with the community that they serve, and to do that in an overt manner. And I think it's a perfect storm. Uh, and I think people are fed up. I think we're We've seen almost 200 deaths um, in of hip hop artists in the last couple of years. I mean, it's it's, it's wow. ridiculous. And I think that there's a number of people in this in our society that are just fed up with seeing people die uh, violently, die through drugs, and and other ways too, including uh, the police. No, absolutely, Brick. In, in terms, what do you think about that? Just just like what happened and, and the way it happened. Honestly, it's just, there's really, it's just unjustifiable. I mean, at the end of the day, even though I know they have somebody in custody, it's like there's no, there's no type of punishment that could be withheld as far as, you know, these young men go, because, you know, as far as I'm hearing, they're kids, you know, they're not, they're not even over, you know, 25 years old. And I still consider that, you know, being a kid and not knowing you know, how to move or how many lives that we're going to affect in the future, you know, it's, it's just, 
you know, it's just sad to see stuff like that happen. But, you know, when it happens, you know, and I've seen it, you know, it was just one of the moments where, you know, it's it, it's a feeling that you can't explain, like where your stomach just drops and you're just like, I can't believe it. This has to be fake news because you know how social media is. Everything right. hits social. Like I, everything's on social media before it even hits, you know, breaking news or the news. So it's like, is this something I could believe or what's going on? But it's like, you know, everybody's calling everybody at the moment of the time when it happened right then and there. So, and you know, this is broad daylight. This is somebody, exactly. you know, this, this didn't happen, you know, like a mistake or no, this wasn't a robbery. This, this was, they, you know, they gunned him down in broad daylight. And this is what people need to understand. Like, you know, the streets need to come together and, you know, there would be no motive behind it. If you think about it at the end of the day, because it you know it was never on social media. Dolph wasn't the type of person to to involve himself with stuff like that. He would kind of step back and be more of the peacemaker when it comes to things like that. So you know it, it kind of you know took took the whole team by force. Of course, all of us were you know highly ecstatic and and surprised because it's like like wow you know that that's that's our brother you know. So it's like nothing words couldn't explain it how we felt and and how it happened. It was just. It's incredible, you know, it happened too. It happened so fast, you know, and it's still to this day I wake up and I think, I look at my phone, you know, man, I wonder if Dolph's going to come and then I remember and I come out and, you know, I look at this picture. I have, you know, old pictures and stuff that I have with him and I just think like, you know, how would it be right now and, and how would the world, you know, embrace him and talk about him right now to this day of what if he was still here? So it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy, you know, what everybody, well, what everybody's going through, you know, with Glock and, and you know, Snoop Bands and Jay Fizzle, Wu, Jody, you know, he, he looked after a lot of people, Big Moochie, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people to, on the artists that, that looked up to him and wanted to be just like him. And that's one thing Dolph gave us, you know, his time of day for every artist and had a game plan for everybody. So it's just, it's, it's one of them things, again, we go back to, you know, the streets need to be together. You know, we need to be sticking together through times like this. And, you know, everybody just needs to learn how to move and, and you know, get along a little bit better and support each other, uplift each other, you know, positive vibes. Because at the end of the day, it's like this could happen to anybody. It just didn't happen to Young Dolph because it was Young Dolph. You know, it's, this happens every day in, right. in, your, in your neighborhood and my neighborhood all across the world, you know? No, absolutely. All right, this is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about justice for young Dolph. We'll be back right after this. Yeah, 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 salute. This is General Steele from Smith & Wesson. And right now you're listening to Street Soldiers with your girl, Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 97. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers on justice for young Dolph. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Joining me for this conversation, Brick Wolfpack. He's a hip hop artist with Wolfpack Entertainment and Paper Root Empire. That's Young Dolph's record label. He worked with him very closely and uh, Dolph helped guide his career to where it is right now. Brick, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. We really appreciate it. Also with us, Chuck Kriegmer. He's a co-founder and CEO of allhiphop.com. He interviewed a young Dolph about two months before he passed away. Chuck, thank you so much for being with us on this. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Also with us is Dr. Darren Porcher, former NYPD Lieutenant, law enforcement commentator. Darren, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. 
Um, Darren, in terms of what happens next with the investigation, what do you think some of the things that are going on now behind the scenes that we don't know about? What's happened at this stage is police established or developed probable cause, meaning that was a standard of proof that was necessary to take the suspects into custody. We don't have to prove motive, but at the same token, motive is always the elephant in the room. Why did you do that? That's so that's, that's what the question. Right. That's yeah. what police are trying to mine and guide through to, de to determine why they in fact did this. They're keeping the information, they meaning police, are keeping this information close to the breast because they don't want to impact on the testimony of the defendants moving forward. In addition to that, they're looking to, to widen the net. How many additional people were a part of this as co-conspirators? We only have a few people in custody, but who else assisted these defendants, such as when they were on the lam, when they were leaving the location? So these are germane pieces that police want to establish so that they can possibly take more people into custody because we don't want to have a repeat of such a horrific act um, as it relates to the death of young Dolph, who was an established artist that was a millionaire. We generally don't believe that these things happen to people that are mega celebrities such as, right, exactly. He was a multimillionaire. This is not something that you expect to see. So that being said, the city of Memphis has been experiencing a tremendous rise in homicides. And it really begs the question as to what is the public safety sentiment from the perspective of police to ensure that that community is being kept safe. And we really haven't seen anything substantive to prove that police are doing what's necessary to keep that population of Memphis, Tennessee safe. Chuck, I think that was another, and, and Brick, I think this was another thing, that aspect of this that, that really shocked a lot of people because obviously, you know, we've seen cases where there have been aspiring artists who still have one foot on the streets and then, you know, the streets catch up to, you know, try to keep them down or catch up to them or, you know, old business or old friends or old beefs or whatever. But this didn't yeah. seem to be the case, you know, with Dolph at all. No, nah, it definitely it definitely wasn't. You know, at the end of the day, like I said, it all it all just took everybody by surprise. It was it was just so quick and how it happened. You know, it, it was one of them things where he was just going. You know, the Makitas, that was his favorite cookie spot. He always helped out. Every time he Not went to Memphis. Not even a liquor store. He's, at, he's getting butter. Yeah, yeah. Right? He, he went to go get some cookies, yes, for his grandmother. So it was one of them things like he, Dolph broke one of his morals that day because you would never care. He was so comfortable in the city of Memphis. It's like he didn't feel like he had to go with security or do anything. Like when people, when he would move, he would move like the president. You know, he would be, you know, four or five SUVs following him. I don't care if we were just going to the corner store. He wouldn't even let me go alone. He'll be like, no, 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 Brick, you're not going by yourself. And it was something that I had to learn and know, okay, well, I'm just not ordinary. I'm just not normal. I can't just go, you know, walk into the corner store, or just walk into a mall or anything by myself, you know? So it's like that day he broke one of his morals being in his city. And, and you know, everybody feels like that. When you're in your neighborhood somewhere you grew up at, but it goes back to this, a lot of people, you know, it, it, it's it's rumored and a lot of people say, you know, you either die where you come from or, you know, the hood that you love, always something like that happens. So sometimes it's it, it's it's not a bad thing to say you got to love it from a distance, but it is one of them things where where you come from, you know, you can't be afraid to get back and help them to, to tell them like, you know, we're still there for y'all no matter what. We got love for y'all, but it's, it's like we're moving on to bigger and better things and we're encouraging y'all to do the same because we come where y'all come from. To, to not be, Chuck, what, what about that? Just not being in the streets, period, you know? Right. Chuck, Chuck, what about that? 
your thoughts on this? Because here, I mean, here it is again. It's like he's 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 trying to do the right thing. He's doing everything what people what he thinks is the right thing, and then it's just like this 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 hate, this gun, this deadly gun violence again. I mean, you 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 hate to see it and you hate to say it, but at the end of the day, you have to leave that environment in order to live in a lot of time in a lot of instances you know that's just the sad reality because you know and then people will turn around and say you don't do enough or you always leave the hood but you also got to take in consideration this is someone is buying cookies i mean they're not in a dope spot they're not committing the anti-social behavior this is right this is daylight hours going to a cookie shop there's nothing wrong with doing that that is the natural order of business that everyone on this panel would do. And so when you look at something like that happening, it really begs the question of what is the public safety sentiment from police in the city of Memphis? And Memphis has been yeah. troubled for a long period of time in the wake of gun violence. And I don't believe that they've done an appropriate job to protect the communities that they serve. In what, in what regard, Darren? Not enough officers, not, not connected to what's really going on, not taking strong enough action? Not, what, what do you, why do you say that in particular? Public safety is a three-pronged solution. The first prong is, a, is an assessment. Where are these shootings? Where is this violent conduct happening? The second phase is the deployment of personnel to interdict whatever the problem is. And the third phase is a reassessment. Let's see if what we did is working. If it's not working, let's make an adjustment. You've had crimes that have been committed for years on end in the city of Memphis, and you didn't have that three-prong approach. It was more after the fact. Okay, someone was killed. Let's, let's assemble the information. And if some, some information or tips come to us, then we'll act upon it. But it was never proactive. And that's been a problem in the city of Memphis for years on well, end. And that's why the homicides, that's why the homicides are so high. And this so it's not just it's not just a young Dolph situation, but this is something that's been occurring with that public in that city of Memphis for years on end. Chuck, what about that? Because I mean, and young Dolph wasn't in his, you know, in his teens or early 20s. He was in his mid-30s when this happened. He'd been around, he knew what the deal was from Chicago originally. And, you know, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's just, you know, and his partner, I mean, I, I was thinking also too about it, his, his partner, Mia J with the, her, her brother was killed by gun violence. She's, she was so concerned about what was going on in Memphis. She started this group, black men deserve to grow old because of, of all the murders of, of young black men there. What do you think about that? You know, I don't, you know, it's, it's hard to process, you know, he was a family man. You, you sat, you know, you see these pictures and, you see his family and you see and you know that he had deep roots in his life, in his community. And he had those 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 dreams. You know, I, I was reviewing one of our older interviews and I was looking at, you know, what he wanted to do for his son as well. And he, he actually talked about his son uh, staying uh, in the community, still talking to the people that he knows and grow up, grows up with so that he doesn't think that he's better than anyone because he's blessed in his own words. So anytime something like this happens, you have to look at the bigger picture, like Darren uh, said, and you have to understand that this is just a, this is a, this is one instance and it represents a really a much larger problem that we have. I mean, at face value, it looks like somebody that hated Dolph killed him. But then there's this just reckless disregard for life that we we can't ignore. Right. And just, 
mentioned that the, 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 the kids are all young, you know, they're all kids, they're all young. You know, those, those guys didn't just start there. They, you know, they were brought into this life that allowed them to feel comfortable um, murdering a human and then a human being like young Dolph. So we can't just stop here. We have to really continue on and do the work. You know, I've assumed a role with this, this organization called Raising Kings in my hometown where I'm originally from, Delaware. And more people have got to start to, to put their hands on these kids before they turn into killers. No, absolutely. Uh, Brick, what, what about that, the impact? You know, young, young Dolph, you were saying he, Dolph told you guys, you know, the artist that he handpicked, which was another unique thing too. He wasn't just getting people because they were hot. It was like, he really had to believe in, really believed in the artist like yourself that he chose, right. you know, to, to be part of Paper Root Empire. But when, did he, did he also talk with you about like the real dangers that are out there on the streets and also too in certain communities, there's problems, a lot of issues with, with the police and not being able to rely on them. And this is not to disparage a lot of the good police officers that are out there and really trying to make a change for the better, but in some communities, it's still, it's still a very real problem. What did he tell yeah, you share with you about like just that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, ever since the first day I met him, that was, you know, one of his biggest concerns, our safety. Of course, you know, when we were doing shows, when we're moving around with all this jury, I mean, you know, we're moving around with a half a million dollars in jury, you know, that's just not ordinary by itself. So right. when we're out there out and about, you know, if we could afford to have a half a million dollars in jury, then our life's priceless. So, of course, you know, we would have security around us at all times. Anywhere we went, you know, that was his main thing, like, Anything we were doing, if it was going to another city, even if we were in our own neighborhood, he would always make sure, hey, hey, you know, make sure, bro, you got security with you when you're moving. Make sure y'all moving smart, you know, y'all watching y'all surroundings. And like I said, it wasn't because it was any type of active beef, you know, like, like Chuck was saying or anything like that. It was just because of the people that we are, we knew, you know, jealousy came with that. But at the end of the day, Dolph would always tell us, we're not worried that that's the haters is what's going to make the world go around regardless. So we're not going to worry about them because low key in their heart, we know they're truly fans and want to be like us. They just don't know how to move or, you know, have a big heart to open up to other people. And that's, that's how Dolph was. I, I don't care who you were, what color you were, none of that. He, he was going to give you advice and he was going to make sure everybody had that same mind frame to know, look, you got to be your own boss. And you got to stay independent because that's a, that's a, another big thing, you know, with the whole label, you know, we're independent. We never had no financial backing or anything. Everything that we did was out the mud, you know, from the streets. So from putting in the work, walking around shirt to shirt and being in these DJs face and being in the club and, you know, dropping music and posting it on social media, you know, just doing the groundwork itself. So it was very, very important that our safety was, number one before anything that came in the picture. Oh, that's so important. How will young Dolph be remembered and what can we learn from this terrible tragedy? That's next on Street Soldiers. Stay with us. Yo, what up? This your homie Ace Hood and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real poly tricks, and real people only on Hot 97. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about justice for young Dolph with Brick Wolfpack. He's a hip-hop artist with Wolfpack Entertainment and Paper Root Empire. That's Young Dolph's record label. He worked with them very closely. Brick, thank you so much for being with us. It's an honor. 
We appreciate it. Also with us is Chuck Creekmore. He's the co-founder and CEO of allhiphop.com. And he interviewed Young Dolph about two months before he passed away. Chuck, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. We appreciate it. Also with us is Dr. Darren Porcher. He's a former NYPD Lieutenant and law enforcement commentator. Darren, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me, Lisa. We appreciate it. Uh, Brick, tell us about the tell us about this music tribute that that's coming out for Young Dolph. Tell us about the compilation. Yeah, the compilation. So basically, it's uh, eight songs all together, and it's just a project that we all put together. And you know, it was, everybody has their own single song. It's not like where it's you know you'll hear me and, and Glock on one song or Moochie and Fizzle. It's like everybody did their own tribute to him in their own way. So you know, it's a drop in on the 21st. Mm -hmm. So it's up for pre-order right now on all digital platforms and streaming uh, platforms as well. And um, of course, you know, there's gonna be a video for every song that we're dropping for him. So, you know, the whole team is just, you know, letting the world know that, that this, this is gonna keep going. It's not gonna stop, you know, in, in honor of Young Dolph and the legacy that he's living behind, it's gonna forever, it's gonna forever live on. And we're gonna do this for Trey Chill. We're gonna do this for, for the whole family, you know, his kids, everybody. So they know, you know, at the end of the day, this is this is what your, who your dad was. We're gonna always remind them, you know, what type of person he was and, and how he affected everybody's lives at one time. So this this album, you know, we're excited to give it out to the world, but at the end of the day, like, it's still one of them things to let them know, you know, you know, we're, we're, on this side, we're still grieving, you know, it's, we lost a brother. Yeah. You know, we're, a brother that, you know, we could never, we could never get back. So it's, it's one of them things where, you know, I know that's what Dolph would have wanted. You know, that, that, that was his main thing to always keep going, always keep dropping music, you know? So, and, and it's not going to stop there. We're going to keep, we're going to continue to keep going with another album. I got dedicated to him as well, February 8th called Rose Gold Roses. It's a tribute to Adolph Thornton Jr. as well. So. And what do you miss? What do you miss most personally? Man, his laugh his laugh, the way he was, everything, like he had to see it to believe it. The way he was, if it was, if it was from shooting basketball to, to playing sports to doing any, we could be doing anything to him in his mind. He'd be like, you can't do that. You can't, I want to see you do it. So it was one of them things where I just missed his laugh or how we would joke and, and, you know, communicate. And it's just, man, I would just miss my brother, you know, it's like, it's crazy. No, and our condolences to you and, and to the whole Paperwood Empire and to his family and really to the city of Memphis because people really looked up to it sounds like people really looked up to him so so much and he had such a positive impact on so many lives. Chuck, in, in, in terms of in terms of this everything that's happening, you're you know, seeing it musically, you're also seeing it as a news person and being in the in the hip hop culture. What do you think we can learn from this? Or or can we learn something from this? Well, I think we can learn a lot. I think, first of all, I think we have to, a lot of us need to go and listen to Dolph's music, you know, really go and digest his music and listen to what he was about. Um, that's, that's number one. I think also listening to his own words, his interviews, you know, I did that and they take on new meaning when you listen to him in, in hindsight and thinking um, what could have been, but also what can we take from it? and move forward with. Same thing with Nipsey Hussle, you know, those guys are right. still speakers to me. You know, when I, when, I, when I interviewed Dolph, I made sure I interviewed Dolph because, you know, it's a two-way street. You, we're, we're receiving information as well. 
And I don't talk to just anybody these days. I talk to pretty much who I want to talk to, not everybody. So when I opted to do that interview myself rather than assign it to someone, you know, that was intentional. That means I'm going to get something out of this in addition to helping promote a project or, or whatever, whatever the, the case may be. So that's the type of, of guy he was. And then I think there's, there's, there's things on a very basic level. We can't act like there aren't haters out here. We can't act like there aren't people that want the worst for you and your family. You know, Dolph had these great plans and now everyone's life is uh, impacted. And I don't think folks understand that. Uh, when you take someone's life, you're not just taking their life, you're taking peop other people's livelihoods, you're taking, you're, 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 the you're, trauma, the uh, trauma that goes for the whole community. Yeah. So I lost my father a, a long time ago. He wasn't murdered or anything like that. So I can't imagine the trauma that the kids are going through and the, and the family and the friends are going through because I have issues based around that myself. So that type of death, I'm sure, changes you permanently. And um, I pray that everyone's getting the proper health care mentally as well in the aftermath of all this. Rick, I want to give you the last word. What, what do you think it's, it'll take to stop the gun violence in our community, in our communities, this type of just gun violence? I think just more influencers, you know, everybody just just be more, I couldn't just say, you know, just be more like Dolph, just everybody needs to just be motivated, be more of a role model at the end of the day. Use your social, your social media platforms and the way that you talk to other people you know, as an influence to influ influence them to do something positive, you know, and I think it'll it'll kind of help because, you know, a lot of people look up to people like us, the young dog, everybody. And, you know, what, what we do, that's what encourages them to do. So we're doing something great. It'll encourage them to do something great. So it goes back to us, you know, going back to our neighborhoods and giving back. But, you know, I encourage everybody, of course, to be safe because, you know, of course, there's always going to be people out there with loose screws. But, you know, you can never you never know what anybody has going through their mind. You know, we can't we couldn't change that. All we could do is encourage that person to uplift them to do something positive and pray and hope, you know, that, you know, that there's going to be change. Because, you know, from this day forward, you know, from that day forward, you know, we've been needing the change. And I feel like change is going to come. You know, I'm pretty positive And the way that I think and the way that, you know, we all been praying on it. We know that, you know, things are going to change and this should be, you know, that wake up call for everybody in the community from the street soldiers to everybody that's out there to know, you know, just stay prayed up, you know, always keep God first, keep your family around, you know, and anything's possible. No, sure. I want to I thank all of you for being with us for this episode of Street Soldiers. Rick Wolfpack, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Chuck Creek, we're great thank to you, have you on with us. Thank you so much. And Dr. Darren Porcher, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for thank joining you. us for this episode of Speed Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace, love, and justice for all.